Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. All right. Flexers ready? Welcome to the Flex Live Edition. We are back. There are just three co-hosts in front of you right now. We are waiting patiently again. Justin Graver had to go save some hamsters from the side of the road that he saw on his way home from work. He is collecting them. He's going to take them to the proper authorities, then he'll be joining us later in the show. He's working his way through that smog, so we'll give him just a minute and he'll be here. We'll try to talk about his picks best we can. We are brought to you by BroadwaySportsMedia.com, part of our 440 Sports. Go on there and check out all of our articles. They're hidden now. Lots of good stuff. Greenlaw, I'm so giddy with excitement for your terrible Twitter takes coming up again. It's a, it's a highlight of my week every week. Uh, we'll have some film stuff coming up. Hopefully, if the NFL ever releases all 22, all that and more coming, go to broadwaysourcemedia.com and check out all of our merchandise. Use Flex15 to get you dis- a discount on your new favorite t-shirt that will come to you quickly. It'll be the most comfortable thing you've ever worn. It'll be hilarious. It'll be a conversation starter. Hit up Zach on Twitter. Ask him the story behind it so you can tell the story of the Lake Ponawana boys, the Gator boys, and all that good stuff. BroadwaySportsMedia.com. So, guys, like I said, Graver's going to join us for a little bit. And luckily, he's not here, so he can't gloat about his winning week. He did take the the lead early in sit-start, going 3-2 and last week. Congratulations, Justin. You don't get to celebrate because you're not here. That's what you get for being a humanitarian. I mean, let's be honest. Celebrating week one is a little bit poor form. It's like it's like uh, that Joe Banner guy taking a parade around because week one proved that his takes about the Tennessee Titans were right and that they will have an awful season even though they added Julio Jones. It's week one. Week one was a shitstorm. Also, with Joe Banner, I think you have to predict something first. I didn't see him make a take all offseason about the Titans and how Julio Jones wasn't going to help him. So I'm not really sure where that came from. But, yeah, a little early to go. Help us out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was just a bad day for Titans. Hopefully some better times are ahead for them. Hopefully there's some better times ahead for your other three pickers here on the show. So let's get right into it. Uh, You know, obviously for my picks last week as well, if Raheem Mostert wasn't made of of your your grandma's brittle that she hides under the couch at Christmas time, I would might have gone three and two as well. But he decided to get hurt in like the first play. I don't even know if it's first play, but that would track with my. Life. At this point, my fantasy advice for anybody going forward is to ignore all Raheem Mostert uh, hype every year. There's going to be Raheem Mostert ignore hype. Ignore it. it. Do not draft him. If you're going to draft him, draft him like the fifteenth round and just ride it out. Yeah, for sure. I was caught up reading a uh, comment from our CEO. It's thank you for making an appearance, sir. Uh, so my bad on that, guy. So let's get into it with our sits and starts for the week here. Uh, Justin, obviously, he's not here to defend himself or anything, but we're going to start with his sit at quarterback, and he's sitting Jared Goff. Uh, yeah, he's sitting Jared Goff, the Detroit Lions. Um I'm re- we're really not too prepared for this. I didn't know that we were actually going to be doing. Uh, <laughs> they're playing the Packers, so I'm I'm imagining the they're they're he's betting on a revenge game from the Packers. I mean, Jared Goff, you know, added a lot of points in garbage time last week, so I I'm not so sure he's startable. The offensive line does look good, so maybe they protect him a little bit. But yeah, I'm I wouldn't be f- too comfortable starting Jared Goff either. I-, I will say this: the offensive line looked 
not just good. They yeah. looked pretty great. And I know that they were a much maligned offensive line coming out of the preseason because Penai Sewell looked horrible for whatever reason. And I guess they swapped him from where he was over to left tackle. Yeah, Decker was hurt, so they moved him to left, and he looked amazing. He looked awesome. And this this game could have been the Lions to win this past weekend if Tyrell Williams hadn't been knocked out with the helmet-to-helmet hit because they were starting to get in their groove without their number one wide receiver. And if Tyrell Williams is gone, this could be a little bit different. But here's the thing about Jared Goff. It's the same thing about 2017 Blake Bortles or anytime Blake Bortles is really good at fantasy football. This is littered with opportunity for the green for the Jared Goff to rack up some garbage time points just like he did last week. And I get that it's a Packers revenge game. But I don't know if it's a Packers defense revenge game as much as it is an Aaron Rodgers revenge game. I I think ultimately when it comes down to it, only 12 quarterbacks can be considered quarterback one. You're probably looking at quarterback 13 to quarterback 14. Yeah, just a couple points from Justin here in the chat. Uh, Thank you for at least participating there, sir. Uh, Golf was lucky to score so many points last week. No way he repeats his QB1 this week. Lions comeback happened against Niners backups. He's not buying the hype. He's not buying it. And let's be honest here. This is very unsafe uh, for Justin to be texting and driving in the midst of smog in L.A. traffic. I was going to say the same, but I wonder if he's got maybe a Tesla or something that, you know, self-driving him around the smog. Could be, could be. Well, Greenlaw, let's go to you next. Uh, I think you've got to start at quarterback, and I think Zach kind of hinted it to it just a second ago. Yeah, so I I don't think you can have Aaron Rodgers have like a sub-40 quarterback rating two weeks in a row. So that's my pick for a start this week. Um, I, I can't imagine I'll have this available to me the rest of the year, but Aaron Rodgers against the Lions – they gave up 18th most points last week against the 49ers. Um, I realize the 49ers don't have like the best quarterback as far as, uh, <laughs> as far, sorry, reading JB's uh, Tesla. He's, he's full of it tonight, man. Yeah, he's uh, really spamming the chat over here. Living um, in Tennessee, not owning a Tesla, not pretentious. California yeah, Tesla. Yeah, exactly. Interesting how he's, <laughs> how he's spinning that. Yeah, so I, I think this is a big Aaron Rodgers revenge game. Um, I would I would be surprised if this game is close. I, I, Although, who knows? Maybe they you know destroy all the kneecaps again. They killed I mean, Raheem Mostert kneecap. Yeah, more kneecaps yeah, on the way. Be wary of Aaron Jones this weekend. Of his kneecaps <laughs> yeah. being gone. Um, we said this last week though about the San Francisco 49ers and. Don't we all agree that the San Francisco 49ers defense is a lot better than the Green Bay Packers defense? I mean, maybe we we differ on that, but yeah. Ultimately, though, to go back to the main point, Aaron Rodgers definitely got to put him in because this is what he did last year. He started off a little slow last year. Then people started benching him, trying to get too cute about Aaron Rodgers and all this. He is going to come back and... He that is your overall QB one will be Aaron Rodgers this week, no doubt, hands down. I would bet fifty dollars on it if it was a there was like fantasy betting for Caesar's Palace or whatever where you could put that in there because I would bet fifty dollars easily on him to be the overall QB one. And let's be honest here, week one was a fluke. Noted liar, week one was a flu. So these sit starts are going to be fairly easy and we all will probably come out like five and zero this week. I doubt it. So, you know, 
This is just to prove the point. Don't let week one influence what is common sense. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers carving up the Detroit Lions just kind of seems poetic for week two. Yeah. Out him, he's going to come out there on fire. So, And don't uh, forget to put your questions in the chat. We'll get to those at the end. You read my mind. That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, questions there, like Zach said, not going to repeat it. So, Zach, let's let you take it away. Who is your start? Going to the Gator Boys, bud. Going going back to Gator Boy number one, numero uno, Justin Herbert, who had a lackluster showing against the Washington football team last week. And I say lackluster in the sense that they just couldn't get it done in the red zone. They they moved the ball fairly easy, but when it got to the red zone, they just kind of stalled out for the most part. Uh, but they're going up against the Dallas Cowboys, and the Dallas Cowboys allowed last week the fifth most uh, points to fantasy quarterbacks. They allowed the, the most points to fantasy tight ends, and they allowed the six most points to fantasy wide receivers. You put all of that together. This is a rebound game from Justin Herbert. There is no Demarcus Lawrence. He is out. And then there is Randy Gregory, who is also out because he's on the COVID list. Now he could come back, but we don't, we don't know really where, what that timeline looks like right now. And, and above all this, the Dallas offense is such an explosive offense that is going to force fantasy quarterbacks, the opposing fantasy team's quarterbacks, to have to pass because Dallas's run defense is actually really good. Now, it's week one. So Dallas's run defense went against Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. So we don't really know how good the run defense is, but if they are able to keep on passing the, D- the Dallas offense, then that's going to force Justin Herbert to keep on passing, which is going to mean that you're looking at a, probably a 50-attempt kind of game from Justin Herbert. Yeah, if you watched that game last week with Dallas and the Buccaneers, neither team could really get a stop. The you know the only time that the Cowboys defense stopped him was because of you know uh, unforced error, really, whether it was Fournette batting up the ball for an interception or those t- couple dumb fumbles by Godwin and uh, Ronald Jones. So I'm not so sure that they're going to be able to stop the Chargers and the Chargers probably won't be able to stop Dallas either. So definitely take the over in this game and start both quarterbacks. I like that. And you know, y'all know how much of a fan of Herbert I am. So I think he's going to have a bounce back game here. I think Dallas is also, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Unlike the Titans game this last Sunday. So it should be a little more fun. Well, I guess the Cardinals fans had a lot of fun with it, but it was pretty much bloody murder misery for everybody else um so we'll go on to me then my uh i have a sit at quarterback and my sit i think is easy because it's tyrod taylor i do not think it's it's to the player it's also the team that he's on i don't think he's going to do it two weeks in a row i think that the browns also last week had a bad showing against the chiefs but they're also going against patrick mahomes also tyrod taylor was going against a jv team in the jaguars so, yeah, that's the worst team in the NFL that he's going against. He put up a lot of uh, great numbers. I'm also going to have a sit. So if I'm wrong on this, my sit for my receiver and my quarterback could be wrong this week. I just don't like the matchup. I think the Browns are going to rebound on defense. I think they're going to get after Taylor. They're probably going to stick a needle in his lungs when he's down on the pile or something and get him out of the game. I just think he's going to have a worse game this week. And it's it's the yin and yang of that. It's the the Browns were against a really good quarterback. Now they're going to a bad court, not as good quarterback. And Tyrod was going against a bad defense. He's going to go up against a better defense that has a better pass rush. That's going to get after him. I just don't see him repeating this week as a top quarterback. Well, I will say this: the Browns' defense harassed Patrick Mahomes all day, and Patrick Mahomes is 
not Tyrod Taylor, so or Two Rod, no matter how you you know may make up your fake name over there, Tyrod. But I mean, it's it's night and day. The two teams that both these teams are playing from last week. You're right, Ryan. And in the end, I mean, there is no doubt this is going to be a come to earth, come to Jesus meeting for the Houston Texans. It was a nice, it was a nice week one storyline. Enjoy your barbecues. It's hilarious. My actual note that I forgot to say was the Texans will come down to earth this week. (laughs) (laughs) So, Zach, I hear you, man. Uh, Anything else there, Greenlaw? No, I'm going to save my Jack or my Texans thoughts for my my next pick. Well, then take it away. We're going to go on to running backs. And who is your sit at running back? So, again, we're sitting Texans. We're going to sit Mark Ingram this week. He had, I think, 26 carries um, and a touchdown, which was a lot of his his usage. I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot in this game. They're not going to be able to, you know, run it 50 times like they did against the Jaguars uh, because this is going to be a game, I think, where at the end of it, we're going to go, how bad are the Jaguars? Because they're going to beat the Texans so bad, we're going to wonder how they, the Texans beat the Jaguars by 30 points. This unbelievably bad coaching job by Urban Meyer. I can't believe he hasn't quit yet, honestly. And Boren, to address your question, is there a liquor cart by the baby gate? There is, but next to the liquor cart, as we see on the counter back here, is Degas. Degas oh, sitting Degas's up there. Here. Look at him. <laughs> He's sitting right there. Giant freakish penguin sitting right there. I swear to you, if you turn the lights off, you come around the corner, you would give yourself a heart attack, much like Urban Meyer is going to fake at some point this season, seeing that penguin sitting there. So the lights were completely on. Maggie walked down here to do some laundry, and it scared her just like that. So uh, it takes very little. Some genius bought that for you, knowing the hours of entertainment you were going to get out of your family. I told you on this podcast that I would be sending you stuff now that I have your address. And item number one, Degas sitting right there. Degas. So let's cover Justin's. I don't know how long, how much longer he's got, but let's cover Justin. He's actually, his start this week is Austin Eckler. And so, like I said, the uh, LA Chargers are playing Dallas, and they were pretty good against two running backs. Like, I, I'm not going to say they're above average running backs or anything, but two running backs are known to catch passes, known to, take, to get some yards after the catch and, you know, get the best of some defenses here and there. Austin Eckler, he probably will sneak into the bottom of the RB2 echelon here. We're we're talking probably RB24, RB23. I'm not really going to bet against that he goes out, but Larry Roundtree III is apparently stealing snaps over there, and if this turns into a game where they have to rely less on the running backs, I think that this could be a little bit tricky, but I think Austin Eckler sneaks into it as an RB two. It, it would worry me a little bit that he didn't have many targets last week. And it seems like all of their targets are in the downfield passing game. So I think going forward this season, if that becomes like a truth that he's not going to be involved in the passing game, that hurts his value quite a bit. Cause that was the main selling point yeah, of drafting Austin Eckler was the fact that he was involved in the passing game. Yep. 
Yeah, and I've got him on a couple fantasy teams, so I really hope that this is something changes there. He did get a, I think he did get a goal line carry for touchdown, or he got the ball within the ten yard line. So that was at least positive that he's getting that stuff. So this has got to be a rebound game for him. I actually look for him to be more involved in the passing game this week with the matchup there. So hopefully they'll be able to work him in and get him some more points for my for your fantasy teams out there in in fantasy land. Oh. Uh, Justin says, nah, Eckler finishing top 10 this week. He's catching eight plus passes this week. Book it. It is booked and is written in stone. It is booked. I mean, well, is someone taking him up on that for the opposite? Well, I'll, I'll, he's not getting eight plus. Yeah, eight eight plus catches. catches. Everyone on here should be taking that. Yeah. No right. doubt. One more bell just for every, all three of us taking that against him. You guys are letting week one against a good Washington influence you too much. Maybe, but it's still a scheme kind of dictates. And if they if they're changing to a different thing to try to keep him healthy and only use him, uh, you know, not using him as much as they did, that could be concerning. So just at the very least, and to that look, point, it's something to watch. And look at what the Bucks did to the Cowboys last week. They threw it all over the field on him. Why wouldn't? down the field on them why wouldn't the the chargers do the same exact thing that's exactly what i was going to say you know washington first off he had one um five yard rushing touchdown but they went to the red zone numerous times and didn't walk away with a score and i think that that is going to hurt austin eckler's value as well as the lack of targets as well as in this game they're going to attack Dallas through the air, and he's not involved in the air, and it's going to be from outside of the red zone. So I think that limits what Austin Eckler could do. And I also think that the running back situation that happened this last week in the fantasy landscape were only two, two, if I'm not mistaken. Running backs went over 100 yards rushing out of the myriad of running backs out of there. One That's half, not going to happen again. <laughs> last week was such a total stat fluke that, if Austin Eckler or even who I'm going to talk about next has the same stat line they did last week, they're probably not going to even be close to top 10, much less, you know, crack the top 24. It's going to be hard for them. So with that tease, go ahead and roll with your sit at running back. I hate to do it because I'm a Memphis boy and that's where I went to college, but I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to take a big old crap on the Kenneth Gainwell train because this is, it, he snuck in somehow to the top 24 with a stat line of nine carries for 37 yards, six yards receiving, and one touchdown. That got him as an RB2 last week. That is ridiculous stat line that will probably, that's not enough to keep you in an RB2 slash RB1 scenario. You, he is, though, the red zone running back, but this team is going up against the 49ers, and I don't know... How quick can the 49ers really pull away in this game to where they're going to have to ditch Kenneth Gainwell and keep Miles Sanders on the field or just go straight without any kind of running back? And that's what I worry about with the plays of Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell, much like it's kind of like a different scenario, but sort of the same as what it was for the Dallas Cowboys and Los Angeles Chargers, is that the Eagles are going to end up having to pass a lot because San Francisco is going to put up points and score no matter who the F their running back is going to be this week because they've already picked up two this week after apparently just giving up on Trey Sermon and whatever's going on with that scenario. And they let's not even talk about how they just pretty much gave up on Brandon Ayuk uh, and decided that, hey, he's not really ready. He can only play like 15 snaps because, you know, 
he's not really consistent enough on the field, even though he got 700 and something yards last year and through the receipt. So I don't even know what's going on in San Francisco. All I know is this, is that the Eagles are going to have to pass, and I am not sure that Kenneth Gainwell is going to be involved like he was last year. And that stat line's not going to pass it every week. Yeah, plus Jalen Hurts really did look good there in that opening game, and he's kind of uh, living up to the hype that was the offseason building for him. And with Devontae Smith out there as well, you got to think that they're going to keep using, utilizing that portion of their playbook, or at least you'd hope they could. And again, with Hurts being a little mobile himself, that's got to hurt the running back stock. Even if it's just hurting at 2%, it's still kind of taking it away. So if they're going to be forced to throw, forced to keep up, forced to do all that, then, I mean, it doesn't look good, like you're saying, for the running backs. I just want to make a note. You mentioned Devonta Smith there. I was thinking about it again this weekend because all the rookie wide receivers looked great per usual. How, again, revisiting, we had one of the best wide receiver classes ever, and the Titans ended up with Des Fitzpatrick and Racy McMath. Just well, Racy every time McMath I think is about the new it, DK Metcalf. I don't yeah, know if that's heard true. That. Julio Jones, DK Metcalf hybrid, in uh, Racy McMath, six round gem. But honestly, what were they doing? Well, I it it did it it kind of made me happy, but also kind of made me sad because I have a lot of stock in <laughs> Marshall. But he didn't really do much. But he, his, he was targeted a lot. Yeah, his so targets that, were thing. great, and his snap percentages were amazing too. Like his peripherals yeah. were there. Yeah, that will, the Terrace Marshall Week One thing is is the anomaly for the rookie wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Oh, good points. So I'm going to go into my start for running back. And you mentioned uh, just a little bit ago about how running backs got to 100 yards. One of them was Damian Harris. And I'm actually going to say start him again because some some trending things that I like. First of all, he's playing the Jets. And for at least the near future, I'm going to suggest starting skill players, including running backs, against the Jets. Just they, I think they gave up the 26 most uh, points in fantasy last week. Uh, I know it's week one, so I don't really want to dive too much into what they gave up because matchups and all that can be kind of misleading. We'll, we'll rely on those a little more as the season goes. But what was trending a stat that I did like was he accounted for 23 of the 30 rushing attempts last week for the Patriots. And my boy, Mac Jones didn't look too bad either. So that offense looks to be a little more competent. Generational talent. It looks more confident than it was last year, so I really like the balance they had. I like that he did the most what he what he could. He needs a goal line carry to make me feel a little more comfortable about this. He doesn't need to fumble late in the game like he did. That's my only other concern is, is that going to put him in the doghouse? But it looks like he's going to we, – we had a question we'll get to in a little bit, including James White, but it looks like he's going to be the, the bell cow there for at least the, the foreseeable future, and I like the matchup this week for him as well. Well, it has to put – people at ease that Ramondi Stevenson was not even a factor this past week and he fumbled too. So it's not like you have with Damian Harris while he fumbled, you have someone that was getting equal snaps that is coming towards him to take over that first and second down kind of running back role. So you don't have anybody breathing down his neck other than James White who didn't fumble. And I'm with you. I'm a little concerned about the fumbling issue if that keeps continuing because then you're going to see more James White uh, in the future. Yeah, but not for now. I think if it becomes right. an issue, uh, but for this next week, I like it. We'll revisit and maybe, but but at least with that twenty three to uh, twenty three of thirty, that's 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 a stat I can really get behind, especially this early in the season when they're trying to establish an identity and get after it. So I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with it. So I mean, I'm just it's one of those things. Just be cautious, like the Austin Eckler target share. You need to be cautious of turnovers from Damian Harris. For sure. So let's move on to receivers. Then we're, we're moving right along. We're just we're, we're not even going to have uh, give Graver a chance to uh, 
to uh, get with us tonight and give any thoughts in person on any of his picks. So let's go on to Greenlaw. Let's start it off, though. Who is your start at wide receiver this week? And I'm really hoping you're right. Yeah, me too. It's Arthur Juan Brown uh, going against the Seahawks. I figure if uh, Seattle can give up 20 points to Zach Pascal on his own, I think that A.J. Brown can muster a wide receiver one or wide receiver two type week. Um, Mike Rabel after the game mentioned that they want to get A.J. the the ball more early, uh, early on in the game. And I don't think it was until like the fifth series that they targeted him or Julio. Uh, on Sunday and so I think that's going to be a point of emphasis especially against the Seattle secondary which is definitely the weak point of the defense and plus uh, just real quick Zach you'll have a lot more than I do but you got to think too with what you saw from Julio with the drops the chemistry is not quite there that that Tannehill may in a pinch go back to what he's comfortable with and what he knows so A.J. Brown actually might be a good a good pick there just because they've got to get it rolling again and Tannehill knows what A.J. can do he's still learning with Julio you figure Julio could just overcome some of that with his talent apparent that wasn't the case this last weekend yeah as long as uh taylor the one as long as there's no like 195 pound safeties there <laughs> taylor the one to the ground i get really bad news for taylor the one is that uh jamal adams is like the best pass rushing safety in the league uh he well, might, it's over he don't, might don't pancake uh one a couple times I'm actually it, it, hoping to break that play down if the all 22 can ever come out and I can grab a gift because God, he's got in such a bad position, got his feet narrow, tried to over overcommit and overcompensate, and just. I'll say this about uh, AJ Brown is that he got eight targets last week. Sure, he only caught four of them, but you know you like to see that even with Julio in there, he was still getting a lot of targets thrown his way. And there will be that. That's good, right? I mean, for a guy like AJ Brown, the more you give get the targets to him, the better he is as the season goes on. Right. He's a super efficient wide receiver, and uh, if he gets eight targets a game for the rest of the year, I would be elated with that. Uh, as far as you know, fantasy production goes, because he didn't, he hasn't averaged that yet uh, so far through his, throughout his career. That 16 minutes isn't looking good if he's still able to text and stopped and trade. <laughs> so I agree with all that, but let's let's transition there because I think we have an easy one to transition here to Justin's pick because you just mentioned it that if Zach Pascal could, then maybe he's going to fall down to earth this week. Justin's sit is Zach Pascal versus the Rams. So you think maybe a little Jalen Ramsey affected this and maybe there's going to be uh, even more pressure on what the Colts quarterback situation and maybe another foot gets injured or something. Maybe that's Justin's thinking here. Well, yeah, I, I also think that he thinks that Zach Pascal sucks, which he's correct. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely part of it. I also think, uh, as Ben Wright said in our chat earlier today, it's going to be Aaron Don- Donald versus Julian Davenport, which is quite the mismatch. Yeah, I mean, this this offensive line is kind of in shambles going up against uh, the L.A. Rams, which is not the best time to do it. And they did harass Andy Dalton and the better wide receivers that were over in Chicago with the right now. I'm kind of surprised to say this, the better run game over there in Chicago with David Montgomery. I mean, he is the Frankenstein of running backs. As, uh, <laughs> it's finally coming true. Yeah. And the, I mean, he looks good. And, you know, it, it Naheem Fun. Hines had a lot of shares. And yep. this Jonathan Taylor train is not going to be worth the value that you placed on him if you drafted him in the high first round. It's going to be tough. Going to be yep. tough to keep that. 
I, when I was watching David Montgomery on Sunday, I thought, wow, that guy's got the athleticism of Sony Michelle. I said that about five <laughs> times out loud to myself, just in awe of him. Just in awe. Bringing it back into receivers because we're past the running backs, boys. Uh, Pascal happened, Justin's last point, Pascal happened to score two TDs, which bolstered his score, but the usage isn't sustainable. So, yeah. Plus, as Zach said, Pascal sucks. Yeah. So, Zach, with that great wisdom, why don't we move on to your start at wide receiver? My start's DK Metcalf, and I'd like to, instead of spending five minutes talking about why DK Metcalf is going to, you know, beat the drums off the Tennessee Titans. I would just like to take a moment for, of silence for the Tennessee Titans defense in their week two matchup. All the hopes, all the dreams, let them wash away. So you don't like the matchup here with DK Metcalf, superhuman going against the corners, whatever the uh, combination they're going to be, that they're going to roll out there. Well, I mean, it's it's first off, Stoney Keeley says Metcalf over Lockett. No, I'm starting both of them. I'm betting both of them to get <laughs> touchdowns, and I'm betting Gerald Gerald uh, Everett get touchdowns. I mean, start your Seahawks. There, there's. Listen, here's the thing about this Tennessee Titans team. We saw it all last year. Is the Tennessee Titans offense is probably going to come to life. The Tennessee Titans defense is going to stay the same. So this team is still going to, the Seahawks are still going to put up a bunch of points against this team. You got to start DK Metcalf. I wouldn't be surprised if he got two touchdowns. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler Lockett got two touchdowns either. And they both walked away with two touchdowns. I don't know when's the last time that's happened in, in in a game like that. But I could technically see both these Seattle wide receivers having top 12 performances against the Tennessee Titans uh, defense because I don't think they have the speed to go to match up with Tyler Lockett, and I don't think they have the size to match up with DK Metcalf. You're asking when it happened last. I mean, it had to have been close this past week with uh, <laughs> with DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk. They both had two touchdowns, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they that torched the Titans. So why yeah, would it happen again? I, I do. Wa- <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do wonder though. And hear me out on this. What if Janoris Jenkins gets the right cleat? Guys are right. They both did get top ten. <laughs> yeah, both top ten guys. Okay, Janoris Jenkins gets some longer studs in his cleats. That changes everything, right? Because that's what they were talking about after the game. It was him slipping and falling. That was the the whole reason for the defensive collapse. Who's Janoris Jenkins? Jackrabbit. So he gets those longer spikes. They're good. They're yeah, I don't, shut down. I, don't, uh, I don't know. It's it, he's going. He's going from the uh, frying pan to the fire. Whatever that, that phrase is, with what he's going to have to see this week. It's it's not getting much better. Uh, maybe I mean Hopkins is definitely a better wide receiver, but I mean this combination is going to suck for them as well. And so I definitely agree yep. there. I mean my my uh, my flex pick here in a minute may I actually I'm going to take Zach's advice and just start Seahawks all over the place. <laughs> but before we get there, my my sit receiver as I hinted to earlier in the show was. Uh, same, it's same team as my quarterback sit this week. So obviously, I'm putting all my eggs in one basket here. But it's it's Braden Cooks. I don't have a whole lot of stats for you. I just I think it's a letdown it's game. Braden Cooks. Uh, do you do you think you would want to say Brandon Cooks? Brandon Cooks, whatever. I've never gotten his name right in the history of him being in the league. I think I've gotten it wrong a total of 45 times. So you know who I'm talking about. All right, he's the receiving target for Tyrod Taylor. In that name, that also probably is wrong. So get off my back. Yeah, it's actually Tarod Taylor. 
I would definitely sit Braden. Rod? Rod, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I, I, would I, sit, think, I thought it was two rod. I thought that's what he changed it to. If you have Braden Cooks, though, I would rod? sit him too, as well as Brandon Cooks. Okay, so sit Brandon Cooks. Texans. Sit both of them. All the cooks. Sit them. All the cooks. <laughs> Too many. Get them out of the kitchen. Sit them down in the in the alley there. So yeah, but it, I just think it's a leg down game for the Texans as a whole, and I don't I don't like it. And again, look back to what we said earlier about the Browns. It's just a it's a better matchup for the Browns defense as well. I just don't think the Texans and and Browns are going to hang forty on 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 the Texans. And like Zach said earlier, Greenlaw, whoever said it was about the Jags, we're really going to see how bad they are too. I, I would say this. I wish that there was a way for NFL teams to get negative points in a game because I think this would be one of those games where <laughs> somehow the Texans could get negative points. If I can get – if Ronald Jones could get me negative points in fantasy football, I think there should be negative points for NFL teams. I agree. That would be uh, really fun to watch too. You might even have like a negative, negative game when yeah. the uh, Jags play the Texans later on this year in the rematch of the century. That's how bad uh, Brandon's going to be. His name is Brayton or whatever. They're going to beat. They're going to beat the uh, a couple letters off there for him. So they're going to beat the uh, yeah a couple consonants off his name. <laughs> yeah, they're going to change it for him and rearrange him. So yeah, that's my my wonderful sit there. I can't even get names right. And Jesus, I'm not even drinking. Good Lord. All right, so let's move on to our flex position as well. Uh, starting off, Greenlaw. Let's let's give it again. You've got the honor to give us our first sit in the flex. I got Juwan Johnson this week. Uh, three targets last week. He had two touchdowns on those three targets, and I just don't think it's very sustainable. Uh, Adam Troutman, the other tight end for the uh, Saints, had, I think, eight targets. Uh, it led the team. So I think this was just kind of a fluky red zone thing. A lot of people were picking him up off the waiver wire, Juwan, and I don't really get it. So I'm I'm sitting Juwan this week. Uh, if you picked him up as a streamer, I don't. I don't know if that was the best play. I think you could have picked up uh, Troutman as well, and he's getting more opportunities. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Troutman has got the snap count that you want to see. Juwan Johnson kind of got the luck of Green Bay just fucking not caring. I mean, that that's really what it boils down to. I mean, Juwan Johnson is one of those guys I just don't see sticking around for the long haul of being one of the top fantasy tight ends. So you're going to sit what I read in a, a, a little tagline today, the DK Metcalf of the Saints. I shit you not. That's what I saw out there. Someone said the DK Metcalf of the Saints. Is it because like he's huge and he transfer or he moved from wide receiver to tight end? Because that's the only reason I could think of, you know, labeling him as DK Metcalf. I have no idea why they put it in there. I, I said to myself, that article is complete garbage. I'm not even clicking <laughs> on it. I'm not spending any of my... You should have reported it to, for false information. Yeah, you could do that on Twitter now. Do you yeah. want to start trapping? <laughs> God dang it. Uh, Gra- uh, Graver gives us an update. He says he might get to talk about it, his sleeper. It's a race against time. Guys, we just want to cover his flex and sleeper now so he doesn't have that chance. <laughs> that would be epic, but we'll, we'll give him at least one shot. But I will talk about Tim Patrick because I have Tim Patrick in a couple of my fantasy leagues. He went undrafted, which I find so odd because he was the de facto wide receiver too. People got so confused thinking that with Cortland Sutton back, it would be Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy when Jerry Judy was in fact going to start in a slot and could be wide receiver three. Not out of talent, per se, but out of what uh, how they run it. Right. And 
And it, that exactly came true when you saw, saw this game play out was that while Jerry Judy was the third wide receiver on the field in certain sets, he was getting a lot of targets. But Tim Patrick, he has yet to drop a ball. He caught every pass thrown his way. And when you're a wide receiver that does that week in and week out, you are the guy that you're Mr. Reliable. And Tim Patrick came on the scene last year and uh, when he was a restricted free agent and there was a conversation about him versus Josh Reynolds in our uh, in our group chat and I kept banging the table for Tim Patrick, well, at least Tim Patrick's fucking healthy, Justin Mello. So I just want to throw that out there that Tim Patrick is a wide receiver too and he's the de facto wide receiver too in Denver and he's going to be a wide receiver too this week at least. I, I tend to agree, but I'm going to save my thoughts because I have my, of who my sleeper is, but I'm on the same path with, with Graver there as far as, because I mean, it's it, it's looking good for anyone not named Judy and Sutton coming off of knee injury. So I'll save my points. I'm already kind of getting into it. But yeah, I do agree. I think, I think there's a couple of Denver receivers are going to see a, an uplifted target share for sure with Judy being out. So with that being said, let's go on to Zach. What, who is your sit? Danny Amendola. The only reason he is on here is because he has Amen in his name over at the Houston Texans. And he is 35 fucking years old. And you're telling me this guy was a wide receiver 36 last year? That's how bad the Jaguars are. And I know that you already talked about Braden slash Brandon Cooks. So Danny Amendola is just a middle-of-the-road piece of shit. And I'm just sick of him being in the league. He can't stay healthy. I would say that he has more concussions this game than catches. So Danny Amendola is out. He gets a concussion just putting his helmet on. Man, I feel bad for Danny Amendola. <laughs> he He's really not a bad guy. I, I swear to you guys, he's not a bad guy. He's he caught just, a lot of strays probably from me that yeah. were unnecessary. Yeah, look, he, he worked hard. He made a JV team in Texas. I mean – Good for they him. Just, so they just signed him like a couple weeks ago, the Texans did, and he was a top 24 wide receiver against the Jags. I mean, give me a break. I mean, they're going up against the Browns. I'm out on Danny Amendola, <laughs> and I'm sure there's people that are going to have to start him. <laughs> I think you're pretty safe sitting Danny Amendola. Yeah, this is real real good work here. We're probably the le- yeah, the least rosterable person that we're talking about tonight. I'd imagine he's, you know, owned in like one percent of leagues. I, I shouldn't say anything either because I feel I feel like I'm stealing candy from a baby with my my start in the flex as well with Chris Carson going against the Titans. Again, like Zach was saying earlier, I just start your Seahawks. It's it's gonna yeah. be a this defense didn't prove anything to me. I'm kind of on a wait and see with this defense from here on out just because I had misguided faith apparently in them thinking, oh, maybe they can put something together. Maybe they can. No, I don't think they can. So the, the Titans, if they have any hope to salvage the season, that offense has to get going to make the defense passable. And this, Seattle's going to run the ball. In fact, all the running backs on the, the roster, no one got over two carries outside of Chris Carson. So that's, again, you're talking about a, a lion's share going forward. He he is the guy there. No one else got, like I said, more than two totes. Rashad Penny still has came up playing with a calf injury, so he's not going to be. He's even he's not going to be a threat there. So I, I like Carson this week, and it's a little. I feel a little dirty picking him because I, I I think it's an easy pick. 
Well, he had it's 117 all-purpose yards last week. Uh, all-purpose yards, 117. And didn't even crack the top 60 of fantasy football players for the flex position. That's how wild la- week one was. When I saw that, I'm thinking, you're talking about a guy that scored 12-something points and he even cracked the top 60? Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen again. This is It's just wild how this all ended up. Yeah, yep. maybe me. And here's the thing. Here's the conversation. If I'm wrong on this, that means the Titans bucked up and actually stopped him. I'd be okay with that result, too. I'll take this loss on, on the flex for fantasy if it means good results for the Titans. You won't take the loss. I saw a, a cut up last night of the uh, all the motions that the Seahawks do pre-snap. It's going to have Rashawn Evans' mind like scrambled eggs before the snap even occurs. In a blender. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, my confidence is at all-time low for that, so they'll have to prove it before anything else. So, uh, the, the boys over at Outkick360 said uh, yesterday when they were in the midst of talking about uh, RGPFS, which is proprietary grading system, um, out there. They, they said that Bobby Wagner is everything that Rashawn Evans isn't. Yeah, that's very true, which is a good linebacker. Yeah, <laughs> a good NFL linebacker. Oh, man. also like just hey, staying on the hard. inside linebacker. He yeah, he tried really hard, and we appreciate him for that. I think Horn is getting him some uh, orange slices as we speak. But watching Monday Night Football, I kept on thinking, how did the Titans not sign KJ Wright? He's out on the streets for months and months and months, and they were okay with you know Nick the Zubnar. couple guys they have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, PFF's number one. Uh, graded player from last week's or from week one uh 2020 yeah that's something to really hang your hat on that really make gets you on i think they give you a trophy for that (laughs) speaking of and i know this is off topic i'm I'm kind of delaying here i forgot to to mention this the angry runs because because uh i think it was jg picked connor last week for his uh running back the angry first angry runs of the year goes to connor for that stiff that stiff arm on jackrabbit that went nowhere he was tackled for a loss that what what a I can't, I can't. And there were like, better runs than that. that. I, I just, yeah. if you're going to stiff arm, it's got to be, it's got to be commanding and it's got to go for positive yards. It can't be tackled right where you stiff arm the guy. That's, that does nothing. Yeah. I'm with you. So anyway, I'm just, I'm just trying to lay to see if we can get, uh, JG in here to let him talk about a sleeper. So we'll let him go last. We'll save him. Greenlaw, kick us off. Who is your sleeper this week? Antonio Gibson, uh, Washington football team. Yeah, this one is super cheap. All of mine have been pretty cheap, I think, but uh, this might be the cheapest. He's just got to finish in the top 75, and he's facing a New York Giants defense that gave up a 70-yard run to the corpse of Melvin uh, Gordon. I don't know that this is going to be a real hard one to to get. So, yeah, I I really don't think this is going to be an issue. If I don't get this one, there's going to be real problems with Antonio Gibson going forward. Yeah, if he doesn't get in the top 75, I'm panicky. <laughs> I, I got a lot of Antonio Gibson shares. Again, much like last week, I like it so much. I actually had Antonio Gibson in my start for running backs until I then went to go do my sleeper and saw you had him out there. I was like, God dang it. So I had to go back and then change and put in Damian Harris. So I think that he's going to be a I think he's going to be a start for running backs, which is even a smaller criteria than a sleeper for sure. So I yeah. think that this is an easy win for you. I mean, I, I think honestly, we should just go ahead and make it one and oh, one and oh for you. Yeah, right now. thank you. And. So a little bit more numbers on this, just buying JG a little bit more time. He's seeing more snaps than he was last year. He's seeing more targets in the passing game than he was last year. So the usage is what we thought it was going into this year. 
the production just wasn't there last week. I think it will be there this week and going forward. I agree. So Skip and JG, let's go on. Zach, who is your sleeper this week? Well, I can't believe that he was flex position player number 84 this last week, and that's George Kittle. Start George Kittle. Don't let him don't don't get in your head about this whole thing. Just start George Kittle. I mean, yeah, I'd hope you'd be starting George Kittle anyway. Just was week one. That's the thing. Real results in football fantasy. It was a weird week for, for a lot of things, and it's going to have some false narratives going forward that you're really going to have to watch and balance. It was an it was it was one of the crazier week ones in in, in football actual game results as far as for our pick them. Just what what went on there, and then with fantasy, it just how is George Kittle not even in the in the top seventy five for sleepers? It, that makes no sense. I think Debo uh, had like. Way. 50% oh, yeah, target. Yeah, I think Debo yeah. had like 50% target share that game. Just super weird game. Don't you as Debo was back. Yeah, you did. You called yeah. me. I wish I someone was, would have I, told me that Ayuk was dead. Yeah. I wish someone would have alerted me that. I, I will say, well, hey, any given Sunday. That's what Shanahan said. Any given Sunday. Just to stall here a little more, because because apparently it takes 10 minutes to fire up a computer. He must have like a supercomputer there in his room. Um the sad story is we were trying to set up the the halftime hit show over at Bourne's for for in between, and I was rushing trying to set all that up before the game kicked off, and I was trying to do my rosters real quick, and I noticed that Odell was going to be out, so I was like, well, I've got Debo on the bench, I should have put him in anyway. I was gonna that's a smart to start him over Odell anyway, so I made the switch. Apparently, I forgot to hit save. Uh, and it kept ESPN. Odell. Yep, and I lost. I lost by five points. That is, that is the worst feature on these fantasy apps that they make you hit save because Sleeper doesn't. It's just swaps you. Yeah, and that, maybe maybe my brain, because I just I just got done with Sleeper making the changes there, so maybe my brain was thinking that I was good. I don't know, but I just one button away from a win. Mm. It's a sad story. That's but funny. half your story, hopefully, is my Sleeper and, and, and Noah Fant. And again, much like the, all the points for Tim Patrick, somebody's going to take up the lion's share. When Jerry Judy went down, he well, first of all, let me start over. He's out four to six weeks, so I would I would be looking for uh, Tim Patrick shares, Noah Fant shares. Noah, uh, Noah actually chipped in with eight targets, led all of the team, six catches for 62 yards. Uh, moves up to, in my opinion, I know you said Tim Patrick uh, number two, but I think Noah works up to the number two receiving option because also Corton Sullivan is, Sutton is still coming off a knee injury. He's a little tentative out there as well. I think he's a valuable red zone target as well. I just think he's he's a he's a no de- no brainer, much like Kittle, to take a lot of target shares, get you a lot of points, and creep up into that top seventy five in sleepers. What's up? Hey, Graver. We saved the best <laughs> for last. You you get to talk about one of your picks. But before we move on, did anybody got anything bad to say about the Fant pick? Anything good? Anybody want to pat me on the back? No, I mean horrible pick. Here's what I'll oh, say about oh. it, since I haven't got to say a goddamn word yet. Excuse my language. Well, you have. You've been hot. in the chat mm. all night. I've, yeah, I've, been, I've been representing you in the chat, sir. I agree, and I appreciate it. I heard everything you guys said, even the bad stuff, which, honestly, there wasn't <laughs> there wasn't really any bad stuff. Um, here's what I'll say about the flex. And this is just looking at fantasy point leaders from last week. I mean, you look at the top-scoring wide receivers compared to the top-scoring running backs. I mean, how many running backs even scored – 15 points, 16 of them. How many wide receivers scored 15 points? 20, no, sorry, 32, 32 receivers. The receivers just score way more points than the running backs. And I don't want to like give you guys this tip because I don't want you to start picking wide receivers for your flex starts and running backs for your flex sits and like feeding me in the sit start. 
But for the sake of giving our audience the best information, I will say, if you don't have like three top 20 running backs, don't flex a running back. Flex a receiver. And sure, maybe a tight end who catches a lot of passes could qualify. So Ryan, Zach, I'm not hating on your picks. I'm just saying statistic percentage-wise, probability-wise, those wide receivers are scoring way more points than any other position except for quarterback. Oh, well, first off, I set a wide receiver oh, you, in the flex, and they were talking sleepers. So George Kittle, no fan or sleepers. Oh, we're already on sleepers. Yeah. So yeah. There you go, buddy. Bit. So if well, you're going to jump in here and call people's names out, you might want to check the old little arrow over here that says sleeper <laughs> picks of the week is where we're at. I will say on that note that the point still stands because sleepers <laughs> top 75 at the position flex is top 60 well, at the position. Like you have a little bit better. So you got 15 then. more spots, but riddle me this then the Denver in the Denver specifically, why is Noah Fant then get the most targets after Jerry Judy went out for the team? No, if I, I, I think I said, it's a solid pick. Cause Noah Fant basically plays receiver for the Broncos. He basically oh, plays slot go. receiver. So good, good pick there. My sleeper of the week is really just to spite Zach, to be honest. Thanks, oh, I knew it was. <laughs> It is running back Leonard Fournette, Lombardi Lenny, baby. And I know he didn't really uh, have the week we were looking for last week, but neither did Ronald Jones. And because Bruce Arians came out and and said that Ronald Jones is going to be his starter this week, throw all that away, take everything Bruce Arians says, and do the opposite. Ronald Jones might start. (laughs) We'll see if he plays more than one snap, okay? No. Lenny's catching the passes this week. I feel like he's going to get in the end zone. I just have have that gut feeling that Ryan has sometimes. It's never really worked for me before, but maybe I can get some of that magic going. Well, that's all you need to know, listeners. It's never worked before, so don't listen to Justin. <laughs> hey, do you get any points for tipped uh, passes that go for interceptions? Do you get to share Whoa, that? Whoa, he also mossed Micah Parsons. Let's not forget that. <laughs> oh, um, and he didn't fumble, at least. Sure, Micah he caused... He caused an interception, whatever. Yeah, really Julio Jones like that. Who cares? <laughs> he looks <True>. so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ronald Jones was apparently in his own head. Like, it's not like Tom Brady who's like, get this guy out of my lineup. He can't do it. It's like Ronald Jones is over there like, man, I fumbled. I suck. Like, I can't play football anymore. So I feel like Bruce Arians is doing this, this media stuff to, like, help Ronald Jones's, like, confidence but it's not going to play out on the field on sunday because once they get there bruce aarons is going to be like oh i'm trying to win so i'm not going to play this shitty running back who sucks i'm going to play He's lombardi gonna Lenny, play the other shitty running back that sucks who also sucks yes <laughs> <laughs> all right well graver thank you for for um joining us and, and and giving us some great insight on one of your picks we try to do our best with the other picks we'll see how it shakes out for you thank you for, so much for participating in, in this as ceo jonathan Bourne said thank you for dressing up for the podcast you look my work attire. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get to the questions. I think I think we had a couple, maybe one. I think there was one, there was a comment. There was a um, there's one better, right here. I think there was a better representative of the same question. The punctuation in this one is giving uh, me an aneurysm. I, I thought it was two different <laughs> questions. Nope, same one. Who should I start? Mike Davis, Kenyon Drake, James White, David Johnson, or Trey Sermon? It's this is a real murderer's row yeah. here. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I, I think you've got to be. Yeah. Mike Davis for me. Yeah. I think he's going to get the most opportunity. It's Mike Davis or a total swing in the dark for Trey Sermon. Just hoping that Kyle Shanahan 
does something crazy. He changed his I, mind. Oh, yeah, this guy's going to be active yeah. now. Well, I will say, like, I think the reason Trey Sermon was not active last week had to do with, like, special teams numbers and getting hasty out on the special teams unit. So if they just replace Mostert with a running back one for one, like, Sermon could at least be active this week. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to get all the carries, but I do think if you didn't get Eli Mitchell in your leagues out there, like Jamichael Hasty is worth picking up just as a just in case because Eli Mitchell's either going to pull a Jeff Wilson and like break his leg in half after two starts, which is what happened the last time the 49ers had a random guy become a fantasy starter. Or Kyle Shannon's just going to be like, all right, let's cycle these running backs up and see what we can do. <laughs> like, because that's what he always does. I think Wait, that's the most that. likely thing is they're going to shuffle everybody. That new guy, Cannon, that they added, he's going to be yeah. thrown into the mix and get five random carries. It's going to be a Cannon mess. Cannon will I think. be active because he plays special teams. Yeah. That, hey, Trey Sermon may be inactive again. We will see what happens there. Oh, that would be hilarious because I know of a certain someone that was that is six seven that spent one hundred and one waiver dollars because he traded for some waiver dollars just to make sure he he was able to get uh, Elijah Mitchell, but he already spent a fifth round pick on Trey Sermon. <laughs> oh man, what's worse, all in on, on the uh, forty nine? Actually, get your points or spending a, a pick on an inactive player? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the kicker is way worse. Kicker's always going to be worse. I give you points at some point. <laughs> here's a, here's a, the last question we got in the chat. I would absolutely not start Dylan Cook because I've never heard of him. Yeah, I think that's targeted right at Ryan. Yeah, that is a shot targeted. to Ryan's heart. Uh-huh. As an uppercut. There is another at question least. actually that we haven't addressed yet. Uh, Jonathan Bourne wondered, will there any important company news be announced here? He doesn't want to miss anything. I mean, unless he wants to call in and announce something, not that I'm aware of. We do have this question. Did uh, Juwan Johnson run a 7.87 three cone? That was I can look that up for you. Yeah, we we get it. (laughs) DK Metcalf. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I don't really feel like expending the energy to go look up what his three cone was. I definitely don't think the Saints are going to like score five passing touchdowns with under 150 passing yards every week. His three so. cone was 6.94. Yep, Holy so crap, this guy better is than... a, this guy... <laughs> this guy's an DK Metcalf. He's twice the athlete DK Metcalf is, and DK Metcalf ran a 4.3. Oh, goodness gracious. So he also doesn't, uh, Jonathan also asked about our sleepers, about uh, all the picks. And yeah, we, we admit it, we're picking some pretty easy ones in the sleeper because that's what the points say we can do. Because our rule yeah, is. Yeah, so for anyone. I don't know Top if everyone 20. out there knows the rules, but it's like for quarterback sits, we have to pick somebody who's in the top 12, a QB one and sit them. If we pick a start, we have to pick someone who's outside the top 12. So it's like someone you wouldn't normally pick. Of course, after week one, all the standings are ridiculous. So you can pick basically anybody, but for running backs, it's top 24 wide receivers, top 24 flex, top 60 and sleeper top 75. So if they're not in the top 75 of flex positions after week one, we can pick for them you. as a sleeper. Yeah, so of course, well, we'd be dumb to say, well, I'm not going to pick them because they're a good player. I mean, that really defeats the purpose. Well, this will it all even out in, in the wash. We'll have a lot more harder picks as we go forward. I mean, this is week one. It was a fluke. It, this isn't going to be this many names that you can pick from in, in, the, in the sleeper pick. So. And well, for, for people that were actually helping out, is like these all these players may be good, and we expect them to be good in fantasy, but they had a bad week one. So there could be people out there who are like, should I roll with them again in week two? Yes. And it's, we're saying yeah. absolutely. 
Yeah, sure. So maybe it's easy, but I mean, that's what it presented to us and we, we took it. So hopefully that explains that there. And guys, I'm proud of us. If I can, unless I take five minutes closing us here, we actually got in under an hour for, I think the first time the show's history for us, just our sit starts. I, I'm proud of us. Round of applause. And then maybe this is because one of our uh, hosts couldn't, you know, was on the road half the time, but he was contributing. So there we go. I mean, so most of last week too. Well, yeah, I, I have to go back and check. I actually don't remember what that time was on that because we, we ran together with He's that. He's just that. distracting you, Ryan. Close us out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so be sure to check, check out all of our other podcast articles, everything we have to offer at broadwayswitchmedia.com. We are partnering with 440 Sports. Make sure you hit up our merchandise section where there is the code FLEX15. As we stated earlier, some great shirts to go pick from. They are super comfortable, super soft. I was hoping one of you could be um, uh, modeling them tonight, but there we go so some great shirts out there if you're listening to the podcast sorry you'll have to tune into the youtube literally the smartest person covering the titans ryan and derek and aj and julio and taylor to love that shirt graver's holding up his flex shirt in the background hidden by our producer right now uh follow broadway sports on twitter at broadway tn and the show at flex on broadway follow zach at edwards pod jg at titans film room greenlaw at rob on broadway myself at Ryan on Broadway. Be sure to check out our Facebook, Instagram accounts. Lots of good stuff going on there. I think Instagram's still uploading stuff, so check out those as well. But until next time, we'll see y'all. A Broadway Sports Media Production.